Jaguars Digital. Jaguars, Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sexton. John Osher. Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Here we go. Florida, look at Matthews Bridge. Doesn't look too bad. Nice day in front of us for Jags Drive Time. Thanks for joining us on TuneIn Radio. I'm Brian Sexton. We're also live on streaming social media, so you can join us each and every Tuesday morning at 8.30. And I suppose at some point we'll find a way for you to join us using Twitter and Facebook and all of that nonsense. We really haven't started that yet. Hold tight. We've got announcements coming in the future about how this show becomes much more interactive. But for now, you're stuck with a guy next to me, John Osier from Jaguars.com. You're uh, you're leaving the sunny confines of the uh, Matthews Bridge. I am. And headed to Indianapolis. Indianapolis. I'm going to the combine. Headed uh, back to uh, your second home. Well, I, I was there for 10 years. I don't know if I'd, I'd refer to it as my second home. I was there for a while. Always a one-time home? First, second, third, fourth, fifth home. So. Wow. Playing hard to the Duval crowd this morning. That's right. Way That's to go. Right. Yeah. What do you think? For the combine? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a different combine this year than the, I guess this is my seventh covering it for the uh, Jaguars. It, it's certainly different when you're there with the, uh, covering a team that doesn't have a top five pick, which I believe every year except for one when they traded up, they've either been in the top five since I've been back. So it's dramatically different in terms of when you see guys come to the podium. Um, in the past, there's been four, five, six that really caught your eye. This year, I don't know if there'll be quite as much intense attention paid by Jaguars fans to the guys who come to the podium. There's, I'll be looking at offensive guards, tackles, tight ends, wide receivers, uh, players in that area. You, you always look at the quarterback uh, because it's quarterback, although I think there's zero chance to take a quarterback number 29 now. So you'll be looking at those things, but it's a different environment when you're outside the top five. From a coverage perspective, uh, what you and JP and uh, Max and Dave, the whole crew that go up there yep. provide, is going to be pretty much the same, though, right? Uh, is it going to be wider in its breadth than it Doug normally Marone would be? Doug Marone and uh, Dave Caldwell talk tomorrow, and right. that's always the big day, obviously, because it's become a case, Brian, where the uh, combine news hit for teams, meaning when their people talk at the podium, often is the first time that their higher-ups have talked since the end of the regular season. But more importantly, since they've been in meetings, it's the first time they've talked since they have some idea of, okay, where are we going in free agency, what our needs might be. Now, they don't always give away, like, the whole laundry list of what they're going to do, but it's the first time to get a real feel for what these teams are doing, and that goes across the league. So it's a good chance as as you go through our coverage to get a feel for what other teams are doing. I'm sure we'll have – ears on uh, the Texans people when they talk, Titans, Colts. There's a lot of news in the division. So you just come back with a much better feel for the league than, than you went away with. Expecting any news? Um, that, that all got taken care of on Saturday. On the uh, contract extension front, I don't expect news out of here. The only news I would expect in the next week, which might happen when you're here, is Aaron Colvin getting re-signed. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't think we'll get Alan Robinson news until the very end. All right. Let's bring in Ashlyn Sullivan, the third member of our team. Good morning, Ashlyn. How are you? Good morning. How's everyone doing? So far, so good. So far, so good. All right. Big thing number one. It was a big week f- weekend for Blake Bortles. Why this contract works on both sides, for Blake and for the Jaguars. Three-year, $54 million contract with 26.5 of that guaranteed why this works for Blake is he getting paid millions of dollars to play football. Now, why this works for the Jaguars is Dave Caldwell and his staff. It was a $19 million cap, and they brought it down to $10 million. Saving money, happy on both sides, guys. You know, when you look at this contract, it's hard to find a negative for either side. I mean, Blake gets a little bit more in cash up front, $20 million in cash this year. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars buy back $9 million in cap room, which allows them flexibility. Uh, from everything I've seen from the deal, uh, they're able to move on whenever they're ready to. Although, obviously, when you sign a deal, the hope is he grows into the right. role and earns all that money. Um, anything about this contract that doesn't work to either side? No, I, I, I don't think they can move on after 2018. Um, I know that's been written and said. There's a $16 million dead money if they move on after 2018. Uh, you can theoretically if you want to. But uh, moving on from sixteen million and having sixteen million in dead money is that high? Cap, well, it's it's it it's what they're not going to pay Allen Robinson in the franchise tag. So it's sixteen million. I don't think they're going to go to that level with Allen Robinson per year. So to pay somebody not to do it or or to have that and it wouldn't be money out the door, but to have that on your cap, uh, it's significant enough where it. If it turns in this season where it's just a disaster, yeah, you can move on from it. But I think it's hard to move on from. Uh, For Blake, too, I think it's important to realize it's good for him in that he gets the cash. But it's also good for him in that he gets to be here. He gets to be here for another two years. I think it's it's basically a two-year deal. And I think he could probably have – if he had said to them – I want you to release me. I want to hit the open market. It was, it was never going to happen. But if he had gone and hit the open market, he probably could have made more than or as much as what he made from the Jaguars. But this is built for he him. can succeed here. Right. This is his best chance to succeed. And even beyond that, he's working with people who know how to get the most out of him. This is his best chance to succeed. And I think he does realize that. And it's interesting that you bring that up. Because when you look at his numbers and what he was able to do last year, so tell me where you see the greatest area of improvement for him, right? So his red zone last year was really strong. Uh, 18 18 touchdowns, 106.1 passer rating. I mean, you'd like to continue that. But to improve on that, would that would seem to be a stretch. How do you do that? But look at the numbers. 60% completion percentage, which... I think you and I have had that discussion. That's what I wanted to see from him. Sure. Uh, 21 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 84.7 quarterback efficiency rating. Mm. Where do you see the greatest gains that he makes, statistically speaking? Where do you see the upside for him? None of it matters. Meaning, that's all great. I thought where he improved was his command of the offense. His The interceptions, I'm exaggerating. I don't care about any of that. Right. The interceptions going down was significant. The red zone was unbelievable because when you're that good in the red zone, what it means is you're taking advantage of every opportunity. And by by not doing interceptions, you're giving yourself every opportunity. And I think that statistic is indicative of where he improved everywhere, meaning he improved pocket presence. He improved his awareness as a quarterback. In, In talking to coaches, 
he improved his ability to get them into the good plays. And when you do that, all those numbers go up anyway. They all go up, and I think that's why they're so confident in – when, when I say they're so confident, you'll get some kickback on that. Well, if they were so confident, why wouldn't, why, why wouldn't they give them more? But they could have gone after another quarterback. The reason they stuck with Blake Bortles, I think, is they saw improvement in these fundamental areas that if he continues to improve, all of these things will take care of itself. A couple of moments during the season, specifically – in December and January, where I was sold on the idea that they could win with him and bring him back. The three-game stretch here at home, obviously, against Indianapolis, Seattle, and Houston, where he completed 71% sure. of his passes but and seven touchdowns. But more importantly, it was the way he was leading the receivers. Mm-hmm. The, the long throw to Keelan Cole. And that was a moment, too, because the In Seahawks Seattle, just right. tied it at 10. It, it was the biggest moment of his career. 74-yard touchdown pass to Keelan Cole where he put it just over his outstretched arms it was a magnificent throw um go into December right uh the drive in the third quarter against Buffalo with the game on the line you know rushing carrying the Mm -hmm. team on his legs instead of his arm and then of course fourth quarter against Ben Roethlisberger where you're getting a Hall of Fame quarterback coming back at you and he had an answer in almost every situation and I know everyone wants to point to the throw the touchdown pass the long throw to Keelan Cole the touchdown Mm -hmm. pass to the fullback but there was a third and eight on that drive to uh, where he completed the pass to Marquise Lee. Yep. Pressure was coming. He sidestepped the pressure, looked off the safety, and gave just enough of a gap for Marquise to get open and then fired the ball in there, a laser, right into his hands. And I thought, wow, that was a big-time play. Yeah. So clearly, when you look for improvement, those are the things you build on. Well, and I figured out they could win with him when I was flying to the AFC Championship game, and he was the quarterback. You know, and it's the same thing you're saying. Sure. Moment after moment through December and January, there were uh, moments where he caught criticism for some things, meaning, well, all he did against Buffalo was run. Well, all he did here was this. All he did here was this. But maybe it's time to get some credit to the kid for the savvy, for the things that he didn't do to cost them situations, which he had been doing in the past. Um, I think there is – if the Jaguars felt this way 100%, the contract would have been bigger. But I think to a certain degree, they feel like we saw growth from this guy. And there is a relatively good percentage chance, based on what we saw from the time he got benched in the preseason to right now, they've seen growth. That's most of the sample size that Tom Coughlin has with him. So I don't think they're naive enough to think there's no way he can't be the 2016 guy. But they also see a lot of signs that 2017 could turn into something better. And obviously that's the hope with his contract. And I love the quote. You had it yesterday. I think it was in uh, in Ozone where he basically said, I'm making more money than I ever thought I would. Mm-hmm. I don't need to take it all. Let's compete and get out on the field and go get it done. And uh, That fits well in this community. Sure. Of any community in the NFL loves to hear that. Uh, it fits with the general manager. It fits with the executive vice president. It fits with the personality of this team as it exists right now. And, boy, it, it just kind of polished off what seemed like a really good weekend for this franchise. Well, and when Blake said that, it was after he had been sitting around all day waiting for this contract to get signed. He had talked to J.P. Shadrick, and I was talking to him just to sort of wrap up things. And I didn't really ask that question. It was more it was more conversational, meaning I didn't get the impression he was sort of beating his chest saying, Hey, I took left. No, it, it didn't come off that way. It at was all. far more of 
you know, can you believe he understands he's a he's fortunate. I think on the other level, he also understands this is a good place for him to be. And he understands that he uh, in this situation, he's not stupid. He wasn't going to take 10 bucks and a scooter to play football, but he took a good deal that compiled with his first good deal. He's fine. He gets it. It showed a lot about him as a person. It's a really good place for him to be, and it could get better if the Jaguars can get Allen Robinson done. We'll talk about that in Big Things with Ashland when we return to Jags Drive Time. Back in 60 short seconds here on a Tuesday morning in North Florida. Thanks for joining us on TuneIn Radio. It's social media. What do you call a pack of Jaguars? A jamboree. The Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars Jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank, Baptist Health, Dreamfinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans, join the Jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field like never before. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a guided behind-the-scenes tour. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards and see why the travel channel named Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and details. See you at the bank. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time on this Tuesday morning. Big thing number two, what's next? Where do the Jaguars go from here? That answer is Allen Robinson. Now that you have signed Blake Bortles, you got to go lock down weapons. And what better weapon available than Allen Robinson, guys? Uh, It's tough to think of one, Ashlyn. So (laughs) you tell us, how confident are you in Allen Robinson returning to Jacksonville? I mean, you see him here every day working out and getting better and getting that knee better. I think he definitely wants to be here. I know his teammates want him to be here. So I see the deal getting done. All right. John, do yeah, you agree with that? Everybody actually? wants that. Um, I don't think it's getting done if the number for long term is $14, $15 million a year. Uh, I'd be surprised if it gets done at that number. And I don't think it's going to be $16 million a year on the franchise tag. So um, my gut is that at some point it gets done very late in the process. Uh, but there's this feeling among fans and observers that it's got to get done and it's definitely going to get done. I don't think it's a definite. So late in the process would mean late before the 14th of March? Correct. Okay. Not apply the franchise tag and get something done before July 15th? Uh, I I don't believe that he will play for the franchise tag. Now, I don't know if – do they franchise him immediately and then pull it off at the end? Uh, that's usually not done. But I don't think he's going to play for the franchise. Aren't there benchmarks out there for this? Why is this one going to be so difficult to get done? I mean, you look at what Alshon Jeffrey got, right? And you look at the deal that uh, Devontae Adams from Green Bay got. And it would seem that you could, I hate this word because agents hate this word, slot him in and figure Mm -hmm. out where his value is and what he means. Uh, Coming off the ACL doesn't help. Um, And then... Well, clearly Roosevelt Barnes thinks that's no problem. His agent. Yeah, he doesn't work here. No, no, I get what you're saying. (laughs) But... I'm saying from the team's perspective, I think $16 million is going to be a tough sell. 
oh, because I, of that. But neither one of those guys is getting $16 million. I think Devontae's about 13 and Right. And uh, Alshon Jeffrey's about 14 uh, That would, yeah. Is that the number? Um, I mean, is that where it where his value is relative to this market? That, or is the ACL skew that? I, I think it skews it a little bit, and then you don't know what he, I, I think he has shown himself to be a very, very good player at times, but I don't know that he's elite guy, franchise-level wide receiver money uh, to this team. I, perhaps so you, he is. Look, and I, and I get it. You, at some point, this team has to start letting guys go because there are other players that you're going to pay. You can't keep everyone, and so you got to assign a value and go with it. So do you look at Blake Bortles and say, sorry, we couldn't get Allen Robinson. Uh, we're going to draft someone. We're going to go with Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook. Um, again, or is, my gut is it won't eventually come to that. Okay. But well, we're only talking about two more weeks then. It's not the given. Right. That you feel it. Every ozone question I get, for example, is when are we going to get A-Rob done? How are we going to get A-Rob done? And I just believe there is a, <laughs> there are some scenarios out there where it doesn't get done. If it doesn't get done, then you're going to the draft. Uh, because this is this is yeah. not a deep pool of receivers in free agency. No, he's the best out there. Yeah, in right, exactly. And it, but if it, if it doesn't get done, I think you could see Marquise Lee come back into the conversation. And then where would you draft it? Is it first round? Is it second round? I would think you've got to draft a first round guy because you've got to have some production at that spot. But I mean, I, may, that, that may mean you need to be active and you may need to move up. If there's a run on receivers, true. I mean, there's only a few of them out there. The right. Ridley kid from Alabama, the Kirk kid from A&M, the Sutton kid from SMU. And if there's a run on that, then it puts you in a bind, which yeah. is why I, I, perhaps you bring back a Marquise Lee and just go with what brought you here this year. And Got him at the AFC Championship game. Keelan Cole and uh, D.D. Westbrook, you would think, have only scratched the surface of what they are, but I don't know if they're even close to ones yet. How about Aaron Colvin? You mentioned him earlier. I think he gets done. Okay. Because it, it – um, I think the the Blake Bortles contract opens up space, and certainly Blake Bortles' contract gives you a far better chance to get Allen Robinson done. But I don't think Aaron Colvin's money is going to be nearly as off-putting as Allen Robinson. No, I think Aaron will be easier it's about to eight, get done. Right? I mean, so you look at the top. I went and looked at the top um, – Nickelbacks last year. Mm-hmm. Two of them are playing on their rookie deals. Kendall Fuller was traded to Kansas City and Mike Hilton in Pittsburgh. But you look at Chris Harris from Denver and Darquise Denard from Cincinnati and Logan Ryan, who was signed as a big free agent last year by Tennessee, and the average there is just over $9 million. Is that what they're going to have to pay to get Aaron Colvin in, do you suppose? Um, I would think it would be close to that, but we'll see. All right. Back to Ashland for big thing number three. Ashland. Big thing number three. Indianapolis, where John will be. Who would you focus on if you were Tom, Dave, and Doug? Here for me, I'm looking at tight end. I'm really curious to see what they're doing with tight end this year. I know I was watching college football last season and Hayden Hurst out of South Carolina. He was really impressive. I think it's a great idea to go get another guy behind Mercedes. And I think the combine is a great place to start with that. So where are you looking when you go up there? What are you focused on? Well, I think if they go get a tight end, I think it would be alongside Mercedes next year more than behind. I think if they go get a pass catching tight end, um, and the name has escaped me, uh, the Oklahoma kid. Mark and, Andrews. Uh, is the best, and which is why I was so familiar with his name. But um, <laughs> somebody like that, if they come in, 
tight end is a position where you can basically have two starters in this day and age. I think he would be a co-starter alongside Mercedes. I agree with Ashton. I think that's a huge area that they'll be looking at. I think they would like to if, – if it was last year and your cap was wide open, I think a lot of these positions would be things they would go after in free agency. The free agency positions, tight end, interior lineman, even wide receiver, aren't as strong as the groups that they got last year in here. So I think the draft makes more sense. The problem is you – you don't have three first-round picks. You have one. Well, and we focus so much on first-round picks, but it's more than just that. You know, the fans and the mock drafts are all about the first round, but it's second, third, fourth. And when you go up there and you're part of the scouting mm-hmm. staff, you're looking down into the fifth round. Who are the running backs? Where are the other offensive guards? What happens if I can't get a receiver in round one or round two or if there isn't one that fits? You know, Where else can I find right. one? You've got to look at all of them. And that's what makes the Allen Robinson uh, dynamic so intriguing is because if you don't re-sign him, then I think you're talking about going into the first or second round for a wide receiver, which means you're dropping one of these other positions. I think uh, guard and tight end and possibly another lineman makes sense if you've got wide receiver locked up. If not, then I think you have to move wide receiver into that first round group. If, if you don't have to draft receiver, I think you I think you could see two linemen in that in those first three rounds. Well, I, I mean, I don't know that you use one as motivation for the other, but I read yesterday in a column that. Since uh, last year, 33 offensive linemen were drafted mm-hmm. from round one to round seven, the, the fewest in 50 years. Yep. And it's a tough spot to find. It's a really game. Well, and so does that, maybe how do you get a deal done with Allen so you can go offensive line in the first round? Perhaps. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's some motivation there for sure. I don't know that, again, one directly impacts the other, but when you look at putting your team together, you could use some help on the offensive line, and they're there, but they aren't going to last long. Well, and then I think you have to look at a uh, Josh Sitton type of player in free agency. The former Packer and, and Bear who's now a free agent. Right. I don't think you will see them go after a $10, $11 million a year guy on the interior offensive line of free agency. But could you go after three, three to $4 million in that range to supplement? I think you've got to get a starting left guard, and then I think you've got to get some competition for the right guard position. And then if something drops to you at right tackle that's just so enticing you can't avoid it, then maybe, but I doubt that. All right. We take a break and return. Ashlyn is with us right after the 60-second timeout with Ozone Snapshot. Next on Jags Drive Time. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field like never before. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a guided behind-the-scenes tour. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards. And see why the travel channel named Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and details. See you at the bank. What do you call a pack of Jaguars? A jamboree. The Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank, Baptist Health, Dreamfinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans, join the Jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team. 
to have you back with us on Jags Drive. I'm here with you with some Ozone Snapshot. Let's start off with Josh over at the beach here. I find it interesting that Bortles' toughness does not hold more weight with his critics. This is football. At any other position, if a guy is a smash-mouth player, his shortcomings are often overlooked due to his toughness or durability. In fact, those players are usually celebrated. I question that credibility of anyone who suggests Cousins or Smith are tougher than Bortles. Yeah, I think this has a lot of merit, Brian. I mean, it, uh, if you just look at Blake Bortles, the passer, if, if, if you just put him out and like, uh, went through a skills competition at the Pro Bowl, against all the other quarterbacks in the NFL, then I'm not even sure he gets this last deal. But when you take him, you know, in consideration of the amount of plays he has missed in his career, which in terms of important plays is zero, and you take into consideration the running, the savvy, I'll leave it up to you. I think toughness and that element we're talking about is a huge reason he's here. Absolutely it is. And and when you're talking about tough quarterbacks in the NFL, look at Ben Roethlisberger, Mm -hmm. the guy he beat twice last year. Uh, Roethlisberger seems to endure through tough situations where he's in pain. That's all we've seen from Bortles. Mm-hmm. How about last year with the wrist? You know, he was never close to missing a game, and yet they were doing all sorts of things to right. try to keep him on the field, and he was going to play through it no matter what. So he was never close mentally, although physically I'm sure there were times where he wondered how close he would be. Right. And there is something when you're out on that field or you're in the locker room and you know that guy's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, His teammates do. That's big. And when Ashlyn read the question, I'm thinking it may not be something that his critics give him much credit for, but his teammates in the organization sure do. And it's a it's a huge part of why they consider him valuable. It's a huge part of why you heard the comments at the end of last season from teammates about him. That's a huge factor. I'm not sure his critics ever see much more of him than the stat line which is fuel enough for them. But if you watch him play and understand the game here against Buffalo where Mm -hmm. he's running with the ball and the hits that he takes, you'd have to appreciate the kind of football player he is. Ashton, what else is in that Ozone mailbag? All right, let's go with Mark from High Springs, Florida here. After hearing Blake's comments on his new contract, is it possible that Allen Robinson might follow suit and take a team-friendly deal, which will also have him getting paid millions of dollars to play football? You know, I don't think so. It's different. Um, it is and it's it's uh, Allen Robinson's first four years have been spent on a second round deal. Yeah. He's and made just under four million dollars. I've always said it's it it's terrific for fans and even media to look at it and say, well, a guy should take a team friendly deal because what we see are hundreds of guys in the NFL who get paid, and we think, well, there's free agency next year and this year and this year, and there's always opportunities. For the players, for somebody like Allen Robinson, this may be the only shot. And when it may be your only shot, and statistics say if you're lucky enough to get even even this shot, you're probably not getting a second right. shot quite like this. So maximize it, go for it, get the life-changing money. And I, I don't believe he will or should take a team-friendly right. deal. This is life. You get one good bite of the apple, and if you're lucky, there may be another one. Uh, when you look at the numbers, I just want to nibble at the apple, Brian. I just want like one of the, the like little the, skin, yeah, a little skin, yeah, a little the bright red skin. I'd be fine. Um, with Blake's new deal, he will have made after this year over forty million dollars right. in cash. He was the third overall pick, right? So he had twenty two, twenty three million guaranteed. So he will have made forty, and you will have Robinson at just under four. Blake has ten times the, the right. cash earnings 
of Allen, and you can't expect Allen to say, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just take what I need. Right, and let's and not— Go get what you can get in this game. That's what it's about. Let's not remotely say that as a criticism of Allen Robinson. I don't, it's professional football. It's about the This is the what it is. Yeah. And he go get what you can get. And nobody in the organization is sitting here saying, well, he should take a team for an idea. It's just a matter of can they come to an, an agreement on what makes sense for both sides. I don't know the answer to that question. But well, there's also the leverage situation. He's very well within his rights, and it, it would be wrong of him to take a team-friendly deal and not enhance his life situation. In a wide receiver-thin market anyway, mm-hmm. both in the draft and and in free agency, he has tremendous leverage, yeah. and now you got to go maximize it. And every one of you watching would do the same thing, whether you're a lawyer or a doctor or work driving a beer truck, whatever it is, you get the best you can for you and your family. And good luck to him. Oh, yeah, get absolutely. We all do. All right, that'll do it. Jags drive time on a Tuesday as we send John, scoot, scoot, on to Indianapolis. Look for the coverage all week long. John, JP will be there along with Max and Dave. The best coverage for the Jaguars in Indianapolis as they continue to prepare for the 2018 season is right on Jaguars.com. And, of course, you'll see it on the social channels as well. Thanks to Ashlyn Sullivan, Joe Fortunato, and Mad Max Hockman for joining us here this morning in Jacksonville on Drive Time.